Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Hashtag Leadership What's On Your Mind. Remember, we're a podcast to make you stop and think about your leadership journey by bringing amazing guests with amazing stories <clears throat> and experts in their field. So today we're speaking to Dan Purvis. How are you doing, Dan? You okay? Hi, Stuart. I'm good. Thank you. Excellent. So Dan is most known for um, his Olympic bronze medal in the London 2012 Olympics. Um, it was great because I was actually there working as the, in the Olympics as well in the military. So I have a connection to that experience, but you were very much front and centre. So I know that was a historical medal as well. So we'll dig into that a little bit more. So Dan, as, we, um, as I hit the timer, for people who don't, just introduce yourself, please, and tell people a little bit about yourself. Will do, yeah. Uh, hi guys, I'm Dan Purvis. Uh, thank you for having me on, Stuart. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Podcast. I've been watching it for a little while now, so it's a very exciting day to be on. Yeah, I am actually an ex-British gymnast, so I retired two years ago, and I uh, actually represented Sport Scotland as well, Team Scotland, so very exciting journey. I started gymnastics when I was seven years old, and now the tender age of 30, and I retired when I was 28, so yeah, it was a long career in the sport, and now I am dedicated to, to coaching and actually run my own gymnastic coaching business, and uh, go, actually go away with the British Gymnastic Boys as well, the Young Development Boys, so um, got my hands in a couple of different pies there, but it's been really good experience, but very different from actually being an athlete transitioning into a coach. Yeah, fantastic, and, and it's great, obviously we connected over the last couple of months and it's great to see the stuff that you're doing now because not necessarily people see what happens afterwards and, and that's one of the big things about you bringing your story into the corporate world and sharing your stories as well so so Dan just so we don't forget the first two um, questions that we ask everybody um, what comes to your mind when you hear the leadership word title? Um through my experiences what what comes to my mind is someone that uh, is, has been a bit of a role model someone and um, that can lead by example so um a leader for instance has normally been someone that uh, i've respected and i've seen they put themselves through what they're asking me to go through so for instance my coach um you know he was my leader through since i was a, I was a little boy and you know he was there every day when i need to be in the gym he would take holidays off uh, to come in and coach me, you know, very much leading by example. So when I wanted to just uh, go out and see my friends or, you know, just just take a day off and uh, <laughs> do something else, you know, I knew he would be 100% dedicated uh, to being in that gym and he wouldn't uh, have a day off for me. You know, if he's going to be there for me, I need to be able to push myself and, uh, yeah, go to the, the level that, that he expects. And and then going through uh, team captains I've had, you know, gymnasts that I've, I've trained with, um, their leadership skills, as, as much as they weren't, told as the, the team captain as such it was more just the way they spoke and the experience they given and even if it's just a, an arm around you if you've had a bad competition or a, a bad day you know that for me was was a leader in the sense that you know it's someone that I wanted to inspire to be like so kind of taking a taking on the the way they they taught the, the way they hold the composure and didn't let themselves get 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 bogged down you know the the leadership skills were being a positive, being a positive thinker and a problem solver, even when things weren't going the way they wanted to. And I could see that and some other gymnasts would let that spiral if they're having bad competitions or bad sessions. And, and everyone gets that, you know, of course, in everyday life that happens, but I think it's the way you can, you can handle that. So having a teammate as well that I've seen be able to, uh, to show me how to, how to react in the um, bad situations then the positive was, uh, was, was great, great leadership. Brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So 
that perfectly leads on to the next question because you've talked about the effect of leadership that's had on you but you personally like whether it's on reflection or whether it, it was a light bulb moment at the time where do you think your leadership journey started was it a long time ago or is it now that you're starting to do more stuff yourself where, where do you think it started uh, to be honest as much as I was in gymnastics for a long time I never felt like a leader as such I always felt like I was a uh, the gymnast and you know the, the coaches very much um you know the, it was their program and uh you know i trusted in them to give me the best program to go through their sessions to, to hopefully get the results that i needed to on the on the world stage or whichever competition i was, I was aiming for at the time um so it's only really been after where i've, I've retired gymnastics and thought well what am i going to do you know i'm going to have to take leadership and ownership in my own life now there's not this one direction of You've got a, a Europeans or World Championships coming up. It's right. You need to go out and get a job and <laughs> support yourself, and you know, um, stay as positive as I can. Because you know, that missing out on gymnastics and that persona, especially, was a, it's a challenging one for a, for a lot of just athletes in general, isn't it? You, you know, that that is your whole life and persona. So, mm -hmm. so my leadership, I think, really come from um, from coaching um, and almost like a mentor, like actually coaching as being a mentor, really when I'm coaching for my own club, which is a recreational gymnastics. So, you know, I'll try and make it a lot of fun. Um, and hopefully just give the gymnasts, uh, the kids a good time, but there's no pressure there for really competitive results. Um, but then I actually coach for Team GB as well. And also Southport gymnastics classes where, you know, these gymnasts are trying to go through um, the competitions that I went to. So trying to be a role model for them. And, you know, um, I want to push them, but, Again, my leadership role, I think, is just talking about my own experiences and just, yeah. you know, if they need a shoulder around their arm because I'm having a bad session or if they do need a bit of a push because they're a bit scared to go for a skill, I like to hope that I've got that sort of um, experience now from actually doing it and being that 10-year-old kid on squad who's, you know, maybe a bit nervous or doesn't feel like they're as good as the other gymnasts. So, yeah, but I, I think that that leadership is, is, is yeah, it's transpired into that as not as a gymnast, but actually as a coach. And, yeah. and it, it, it's just nice for my head as well to actually change that perception of it. Um, so it's been a, a really interesting change. Awesome. Amazing. So we've had a couple of great conversations because I'm really interested in the, the story and your development and, and obviously specifically London 2012 as well. But obviously I said it was a historical medal, but and I really enjoyed seeing and hearing your perspective of how you built up to that. So could you tell us a little bit of a, a, a short story about why that was such a big thing and, and some of the things we spoke about, about the, 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 the um, sort of, development up to that that point because you said obviously you, you do as an athlete especially in the olympic and cycles and europeans you have those trigger points don't you so tell us a little bit about the build-up to that historical event yeah it's a it's a really crazy one and not too many people on the surface actually know this story really but um it, for the olympics you know it was the, the four-year cycle and the year before in 2011 it was tokyo world championships and you actually have to qualify a team in the top eight to actually then guarantee yourself a place at the Olympic Games. And, you know, being a, a home Olympics in London, it was uh, all about that 2011 World Championships. And there was a lot of pressure on there. Um, but unfortunately, we just came, uh, we came ninth. So we didn't actually qualify. So we were ninth in the world in 2011. But then that led us to the test event. So a test event is where I think it's eight other teams. And 
out of those eight teams, four can still qualify themselves, but you but you have to come to top four then. So ultimately there'll be twelve teams in the Olympics and then eight will qualify for the final. So it was a, a lot of pressure there. So we, we knew we had to guarantee our, our spot or, or that was it, you know, and it would have been such a, a disaster not having a, a team at a, a home Olympic Games. But, you know, we, we prepared for that competition really well. And for whatever reason, sometimes the team just didn't click on the day. And yeah, we missed out there, but then it was all go for January. So the World Championships in October, hopefully you'd be hoping for a little bit of a rest if we were to qualify, but it was just, as soon as you got back, it was all go. And then uh, there was no Christmas, there was nothing like that. It was straight away January the 19th was the competition. But in hindsight, it was uh, really special and the best thing that could have happened because we got to, a chance to compete in London in the uh, O2 arena. Um, so the countries that actually did qualify themselves didn't get that experience before it. And we got a taste of the home crowd, what it was going to be like on the day uh, at the Olympics. So it was, uh, it was really important that we actually went through that through that hardship first because we actually did really well in the test event. We won that event. Um, so we all came away like absolutely buzzing, really positive. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it was all go then for the, for the actual Olympics. But before that, you know, there was some uh, aims that we had. It was the European Championships later on that year, uh, about April or May time. Um, so that was a couple of months before the Olympics and our aim was to beat Russia. Uh, so it was a big ask. It was a big ask really, but, I think part of gymnastics and even being as, as a coach now, um, you know, it's a judge sport. So you want to give the image that you are the, the best team or one of the best teams in Europe. And then hopefully that reflects on other coaches in the world when it comes to big multi-sport events like Olympics or World Championships that, oh, Great Britain are, are on the map there. So they see you in a different light. So if we could have beat Russia and that was the aim, then hopefully going into Olympics, you would have thought, well, Russia's one of the best teams in the world. So GB have just beat them so it's a bit psychological as well but again it was a big ass beat in Russia but we managed to actually do that and that was our first team gold medal at a European Championship so nice. you know that was a massive massive winners again and and again it was that team medal and I think that's what brought uh, the team very close uh, which ultimately led into the into the Olympics but uh, yeah we, we couldn't have imagined that we actually would have been on that podium and uh had the medal around our necks before it. It was just uh, such a big ask. You know, um, we never even qualified a team for Olympic Games before. Uh, we've had um, Team GB go as, as male gymnasts, but never in, into the final. So that was the first task. You know, go out there, hopefully do a good job and qualify for the team final. And then when we actually got into the final, it was uh, still remember the lineup and it was just, uh, just relax, enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> it would be proud to be here. And I think that, signified taking the pressure off. I think in the back of our heads, especially after the provocation, we've done really well, that there was a chance for a medal, but it was just to try and remind ourselves, right, we've already achieved our dreams to go to Olympics. Anything now is going to be a bonus. Let's just go out there and try and make, you know, the nation, our coaches, our friends, friends and family proud that have supported us for our journeys. And uh, let's just go out there and give our best. But saying all that, of course, there was a, <laughs> never been so terrified in my life. But, uh, <laughs> but I think the preparation and uh, everything we've gone through up to that point really just shaped the way it was going to be on the day, which was a, a historic of, a, a event and a historic medal, which was the, the team bronze. And it was, uh, it was very special. And uh, even when you look back, I look back at it now, I still get goosebumps. And originally, we actually won the, uh, the silver medal as well, which was crazy. Um, so, we, so we're actually on the leadership board. We, 
we finished floor, looked at the board. Uh, Japan had had a fall on the pommel horse and we were in silver place. And then there was uh, Japan contested that and then we went down to bronze. But, you know, we it was just honestly unbelievable when we thought we'd just be getting a medal anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, do you yeah. know what you say about goosebumps? I'm a little bit of goosebumps just thinking about it because obviously from our perspective, the military experience of being down there was phenomenal to be part of that. So just in your shoes, we said about, and we talked about the London home games effect. Mm. What was the buzz like for you, like around the whole event? Obviously very heightened in that experience of you being there, but what was it like being part of that? Oh, it was incredible. It was absolutely amazing. And I think like, Years later, people were still talking about the buzz of London yeah. and, you know, the nation. And I think as well, like, it was just, it was the year of sport. And it just, I think it really did inspire a generation. But, you know, not knowing we we're, were going to be a part of that originally, it was just, uh, I was just so excited to, to be at the Olympic Games. And there's not many multi-sport events. There's the Commonwealth Games, there's some other sports, but um, some other events, but not many where you see other athletes and other uh, sports come together. So I, I, we shared a... Um, uh, a dorm with Chris Hoy. Uh, right. was incredible. I remember speaking to him and he was like, good luck. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. You know, I was 20, 21 at the time. It was just unbelievable to see somebody, uh, my idols, uh, so Mo Farah, Usain Bolt. Mm-hmm. But it was just to try and not carry, get carried away. Just trying yeah. to stay in that bubble. But it was only after the, the event where we, we got the team medal and then um, Max and, and Lewis had, uh, got their top pommel medal that we could all relax and then yeah. just it all in. And luckily, gymnastics was the first uh, first <laughs> week of sport. So then we yeah. had another three weeks just to, to, to soak it all up. And it was just, yeah, media. Um, going even even to Nando's, just just getting swarmed. and <laughs> but, but, but like being, being let to the front of the queue and stuff like that, it was just uh, really crazy. But it was uh, amazing how supportive everyone was. And it, especially for a sport like gymnastics and me being from Liverpool, it, it was the first time that I felt like I really got the recognition and yeah. I wasn't someone that needed recognition or whatever like that but just as a sport in general like um, football was the was the big one uh, and of course we won't talk about the uh, football this weekend with Liverpool <laughs> and yeah we'll, we'll pass on that one. <laughs> we'll pass that one but it was wonderful to see that day. It, we actually put gymnastics more on the map and uh, people were just interested to talk about well, how do you hold that position how do you do this where Normally, it would be like, oh, can you do a backflip? But I think, you know, home games, people saw it and, and a whole perspective, a new crowd, you know, people that would go to the pub and watch football, watching the gymnastics and just being, in, in, you know, really impressed by it. So I think that just changed the, uh, the game for gymnastics, really. But yeah, awesome. on, a, on a fun level, it was just, uh, yeah, great to, uh, to get that acknowledgement. Fab, so let's just go back into the, the cauldron, if you like. And again, we're, we're, we're talking to obviously an audience of business owners, corporates, running their own business, entrepreneurs. Let's touch on one thing that was very important in that story of, of dealing with pressure. Um, so what are your um, hints, tips, experiences of, of that thing that we always think of in a negative way but obviously in sport, there is a positive and there's a positive outside of sport as well, but we don't always see it. So what are your thoughts on, on just sharing with the audience a little bit about pressure? Yeah, I think pressure, it's a, I really do think it's, it's how you deal with it. I think it, it's obviously a real thing. You know, if you've got a, an interview coming up or you've got a, something you've got to deliver, if it's a session or a seminar, whichever pressure can happen in all sorts of, of life, you know, 
from my personal experience, it was always there was always a deadline. Time was never on on my side. And my coach used to say that, you know, you've got time, but you've got to make the most of it. Um, gymnastics, you think of, you know, you might be in the gym 30 hours a week, but even that's not enough sometimes. It depends how you use that time. So quality control was really important. Um, being able to gear up for a competition was important. So if I had a, a trial for a Europeans or World Championships or Olympics, you know, I'd have eight weeks there and I'll try and slowly um, get up and up and up and up and up. But there is times where you do panic. Are you going to be ready enough? Or are you going to have to take a skill out that you, you just you've wanted to put in to hide a difficulty for a gymnastic routine? So you have to balance everything like that. But it's a lot of times, yeah, that those eight weeks build up are very important. If you start to doubt yourself or crumble at the time, then, you know, that's going to affect your competition. But end of the day, I used to say to myself, well, you know, I'm still going to have to do this competition. There's, there's no getting out of it. And even having that, as much as it felt daunting, it, that's what drove me, knowing that I had, I, I've got no choice. You know, even if things don't go the right way, I've still got to put my arm up on stage and I'm going to have to deliver some mm -hmm. sort of routine. So it's up to me to decide what that routine is going to be. So for me, that really uh, then kick-started how I approached my training and the mindset that, okay, you, you've got no choice but to be positive now. Even if things aren't going 100%, okay, we can take this skill out. Okay, we can uh, increase numbers somewhere else. Or, you know, it, it's a little bit different when talking about sport, but ultimately I think it's the same thing, that how you relate under pressure and having that push. And I think having a deadline sometimes can, can really help that. Yeah, I think just thinking when you were talking then about having that, well, two things. One was self-talk, mm -hmm. so your positive self-talk that you and control, like you have control. I think quite a lot of the time when people think about pressure and the term stress, it sort of comes out of like lack of control. So what sort of things, that it, was it purely self-talk that you would deal with pressure and put things into perspective to then carry on forwards or was there, was there anything else you had to do? Yeah, there was a, there was a combination really, you know, I was very fortunate that I had a really supportive coach still by me since I was, a, I was, you know, it started when I was seven. Um, you know, my mum and dad have been absolutely amazing. They, they were my support bubble um, and my friends, you know, my friends didn't really know much about gymnastics and, and that was great. I never really wanted to talk to them about it because I wanted them to be my friends that were outside of it and we could just talk about, you know, footy or, or what, whatever. Um, so it wasn't all gym, gym, gym. So if I was having a bad time, you know, I could share with my mum my and dad and we could talk about it. And then again, I could see, speak to my friends about something totally separate. So for me, actually switching off, off was really important. You know, I, I knew, so say I'd train Monday to Saturday and I could have Saturday afternoon and Sunday off. Those were important for me to actually switch off because I knew on Monday... I'd have to be firing. Um, so having that support bubble, people to talk to, and just just the reflection as well. Having a bit of time to yourself, not feeling guilty because you you're not in the gym. Um, it was it was never that for me. If I needed a day or an extra day off to recover my head, that was more important than physically going in and doing doing the job. So mental reflection was massive. Yeah. Um, and then I think just for experience, um, seeing the best gymnasts in the world, how calm they look under pressure. That really motivated me and you know some of them have actually had the privilege to talk to and these were like world championships or you know people i used to watch when i was younger um on the tv um they would always say they were nervous like, yeah. like there's no not two ways about it but it's just <laughs> how you 
act as such. So I used to almost try and put an act on, like, and concentrating my breathing is really important, especially like in gymnastics. They'll give you like 30 seconds to recover your thoughts and then arm up to the judges and you've got delivery routine. So that 30 seconds was so important to relax, slow everything down. But, you know, it took me a long, long time to do that because a lot of times I'll be choking up, really nervous, losing <laughs> a lot of energy in that 30 seconds. Yeah. Was, you know, terrified to perform. Then rather than, okay, just relax, show that you're confident. And, you know, that signals to the judges that you're ready. It signals to yourself that, okay, it's, uh, yeah, you, you've got this. And, you know, even if sometimes it didn't go to plan, you know, I'd always still uh, advocate that, yeah, you've got to try and act confident. So, you know, hopefully you should be confident if you had the right preparation. But, yeah, even if you have anything on the day or anything under pressure, no matter how confident you are, you still got to be nervous. So I so love that. Awesome. So, and again, it's that link between mental and physical, isn't it? And um, the physical of holding yourself and knowing and giving yourself that physical confidence can have a link in. So Dan, that is 20 minutes. Can you believe it? It flies by. I could speak to you all the time for at least another half an hour. So um, Dan, thank you so much for your time today. And um, thanks for coming and sharing your story. And um, I look forward to doing some stuff with you this year as well. It'll be fantastic and some things coming out very soon. So um, guys, if you're listening to us on your podcast provider, uh, make sure you follow the podcast and hit us a review. Um, it's great to hear that you love the podcast, but I really want to know your takeaways from each of our guests. And um, they're all absolutely fantastic. Um, and then if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe, hit the bell. And every Wednesday at 6am, another fantastic guest comes out next week i must mention we've got our 50th episode so make sure you subscribe make sure you don't miss that one out and then on mondays we have the vlogs coming out to share my perspectives and my stories so dan thanks very much again thank you thank you very much thank you for having me on hopefully uh, this helps it's been a uh, wonderful to talk about my journey again and uh, i really appreciate that and look forward to uh, yeah this year also i'm going to put some of dan's links if you want to go and check him out um, in the comments below as well so guys have a great week and i'll see you next week take care bye